Hey, Sean, you know what I realized today? Uh, Call of Duty continually makes really, really large updates. No. Um, yeah, well, that, but I, it's a good thing I never became a pilot. Oh, no. What did yeah. you do? So Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 launched today on PC. And after installing the game and doing a massive 21 gigabyte update, I decided that uh, I would fly from my hometown uh, airport, find my home, and crash into it. But, on purpose uh, or yeah, because you tried to land on your street? No, 100% on purpose. Uh, turns out that I don't even know how to take off properly. And yeah, it's a good thing I'm not a pilot. Well, I mean, no, just no. David, 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 David. I can't believe you can't even fly a fake plane <laughs> anywhere. Man, the game is sweet, though. It is so detailed. It's I mean, crazy. So you I can don't play think the game. Computer and, can play it. Uh, yeah, you could actually. Ooh. Yeah. The, the minimum graphics requirements is like an RX 570, which is what I have in one of my other computers. Um, my, my brother's playing it with an RX 580. And it seems to be working well. You just have to adjust some of the settings. But Are you guys cool. in lobbies like flying by each other? Man, we can. So the, I was just kind of playing around with the uh, the game a little bit. And you can enable real-time flight paths and stuff like that. So you can actually it, – it pulls live data of flights going on in the world right now. That seems incredibly problematic. Why? I don't know. Just – you remember – just before 9-11, or just after 9-11, the PS2 got delayed because they said the hardware was strong enough to hack into planes and take over planes. Oh, yeah. It turns out it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like it's it's super cool. So I decided to just do a, a, a simple quick flight leaving from uh, the London airport. And so you can play the game so that it streams uh, live data like live map data. So it takes, I don't know where it gets it from, probably Google or something like that, but it uses like Google maps. Um, and it literally, the buildings are all the same. They're all accurate. Now you, you don't have to play with it like that. You can have just like the basic cities and stuff like that, but literally you can go anywhere in the world. It looks super cool. So, so it uses Google map data then. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it streams from like their servers. So I guess they have a ton of map data, like live map data, live is, flight paths, paths and stuff like that. Is weather live as well? Yes. Okay, like, so here's the thing. You're sitting in the middle of a snowstorm and you're like, can't go driving. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. I think you can, you can manually adjust weather and stuff like that, but you can also play with it live, actual live weather. So here I am uh, playing just before our episode, just trying it out a little bit, right? And the sun setting in real life, it's eight eight oh six in real life, and I I'm in the game and it's like I'm on the runway and the sun setting in the game. I'm like I just realized something. Oh my god, it's eight oh six in the game. Sun setting. The weather is the exact same. The wind trajectory and speed is all the exact same. Like it is crazy. 
and I don't know how to fly. Literally, because I'm using like a mouse and keyboard. I got install my. I got to hook up my uh, the gamepad because the game is coming out for Xbox um, later on in the fall. But I'm using a mouse and keyboard, and I just I didn't do any of the, the training stuff because I just was like, why not? Right? Like manuals are for losers, right? But that's what makes the game so hard to begin with. Like if I you know, can't, right? if you can't start flying. Oh, I, I learned how to turn off the parking brake and increase the throttle. Like I could get off the uh, the runway eventually, but then I pretty much crashed crashed instantly afterwards. Um, just because controlling is with the numpad on the and it's not very accurate. It's well, just I mean, yeah, makes sense. So I got to install my uh, or hook up my Xbox controller because I think with the joystick will be a little easier. I know my brother's playing with a. Um, a Thrustmaster actual joystick. Um, Which should make it really easy to play. Yeah. I'm not uh, going to invest that much into this game. But man, it is cool. Like you could literally do like flights anywhere in the world. So, so I'm going to find where you live and crash my plane digitally into your apartment building. All right. That's pretty much you what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to find where I work, crash the plane into there. I'm going to find where I live. Crash the plane into there. You are the Crash kind of person <laughs> that got. Okay, so after 9-11, they removed the ability in one of the flight simulators to actually crash into tall buildings because yeah, people so, were doing it for fun. So what happens when you crash into something? Um, the screen just kind of goes black and it says that you cause significant damage to your plane or whatever. But no explosions. And then, no, you just hear, you know, like in, in Call of Duty and other you know, war sims when um, there's like an explosion or grenade and it plays like the tinnitus or whatever sound, like a high pitch buzzing. It just does that. And then you can reset or quit. So it doesn't actually show any explosions and stuff like that, but you, you can see the, it's, it's just funny. That's pretty funny. I remember a few years back, stone mountain 64 and a few of his buddies did a, a video about like it was on one of the flight sims and they were all like they were rating how people were landing on an aircraft carrier <laughs> and they were just chirping the entire lobby so they like yeah. they told all the lobby to meet at this aircraft carrier to have like a plane meetup and like people were being judged on if they could like hit a certain line and they were trying to land like land cargo planes and stuff on this aircraft carrier and of course they were failing and blowing up the aircraft carrier it was a lot of fun well one of my um one of my brother's best friends he's an actual pilot and i think i think he flies for air canada but uh that might have changed i know that he was flying for WestJet and a few other um private companies doing like um equipment transports and stuff like that but i'm, I'm pretty sure he flies for air canada now um and i i remember back when i was in high school um we'd be over at his place and playing like flight simulator like it was like 97 or something like that and uh i'm sure any pilots out there that, you know, if you if you don't want to fly your real plane, you can always play the flight sim. But it's cool because, like, to level up. Now, I don't know if it's real-time flights, but I was looking at, like, the profile. And it said to get to level one or whatever they call it, it had to have uh, 50 hours of flight time. So I don't know if that's, like, real-time or if it's sped up, like, maybe um, an hour flight in in game like real time hour is the equivalent of like two hours or something like that uh, i'm guessing it would be 
adjusted based on like you, like if you were to turn around and fly to China, like right now you sat here and you flew to China. Isn't that like an 18 hour flight or more? Uh, Yeah. Something like that. So what if you could fly that in like 25 minutes? Well, so like, I mean, that so part I, of the game will also be boring, right? Well, like, yeah, it, like if you're, if you're into that kind of stuff, you can. Like some people will do long haul flights just for the fun of it. Um, I picked London to Sarnia. And on the plane that I picked, it was about a 25 minute flight. And that's about a 25 minute flight, roughly like or uh, another one. It was like a nine minute flight, which, OK, like that makes sense. So I, I think the flight times are estimated like real time but i don't know how it how it calculates your pilot progression but it's cool like it's 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 neat even though i haven't really done anything except for take off fly for like 10 minutes and then crash well we look forward to uh hearing about it more um speaking of large updates i know we talked about it a little bit but that call of duty update for xbox users oof at least they fixed uh the, the problems that were happening in the game. Now, was it but, just for Xbox users? Yeah. So um, Sony and PC had like a two gig um, update. It was very, very small. But there were some really broken things on the Xbox version of the game. Mm. Like you'd pick up a gun and the gun would just go completely pixelated. And it would just look like a big black spot on your screen. Um, it, it was it was pretty broken. So, like, I mean, I'm glad that they redid it, but they're going to push another update probably in a day or two anyways for their weekly update. Yeah. How many... T- I wonder how long people actually spend playing the game versus how long they actually spend downloading updates. Like, as you know, I have some pretty fast internet and it took me about a half hour to update that game. Yeah, like, I left um, Microsoft Flight Simulator today updating because I was trying to play it last night. Apparently, it was supposed to unlock... Um, at midnight based off of your time zone. Um, and it was, I was trying at like one o'clock or whatever. It still, it wasn't working. So this morning I tried it again, it wasn't working. I had to kind of reinstall it. Luckily, like the initial install was only, I think 900 megs is that's like the base game. But then the update was like 91 gigabytes. So um, I went out this morning I had to do some errands and I think I was out for about two hours and I got home and it was still downloading. Yeah, I mean, that'll happen. I, I I was sitting there the other night. Ty wanted to play. So we're like, okay, yeah, let's fire it up. I think I watched a period in a bit of a hockey game before it like fully loaded. And that was for me turning on my Xbox and walking away and watching TV. This kind of scares me for future gaming, though. Like well, once like Xbox I'm- and PS5 comes out, you know, it's it's great that there's the ability to update and patch games and, and just add new content to games but if ea is going to keep doing what they're doing and then you know you're going to get the xbox series x or the ps5 with a one terabyte hard drive actually the ps5 doesn't even have this it. like 980 gigs Something they couldn't like spend for the whole yeah one not even one terabyte now unless they are actually saying that's how much usable space like it might be one one terabyte but I highly doubt it considering the one terabyte um, PS4s have less than 980 gigs free when you first set it up. Anyways, yeah, um, that's going to it's going to be rough if, you know, people who don't have the external drives, um, you know, 
the first Call of Duty game that comes out on it is going to take up three quarters of your your internal storage. Yeah, it's rough. Like each game is going to be about eighty to a hundred for sure. Um, you know what else is rough? Funny man Seth Rogen has made some comments about Marvel, and he was being eyed for some roles. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of happens. But Seth Rogen on Marvel movies said they are inf- are negatively influencing low budget comedies. He said movies like Ant-Man, which star his friend Paul Rudd, and Thor Ragnarok are comedies at their cores, and they're becoming these massive, big-budget comedies, whereas like he's trying to release small, um, smaller movies like An American Pickle, as an example, which just went live to streaming on Ooh. a smaller budget. What's this, so, what streaming service is that on? Uh, in Canada, it's on Crave, and in the States, it's on Hulu. Oh, I don't have either of those. Dang. Yeah. So American pickle. It's like what a guy that was a guy was kept in pickle brine for a hundred years or something like that. Um, I don't actually know anything about it. Do you know something about it? It's called an American pickle. It's an immigrant worker at a pickle factory is accidentally preserved for a hundred years. Wow. You nailed that one right on the head. Good for you. Yeah, looks hilarious. Or at least the concept is funny. Well, I'm excited to watch it on my streaming service. But I do find it, I find his comments fascinating because I've never looked at, like, obviously I think a, a film like Thor Ragnarok, thousand percent was a comedy. Thor Ragnarok revived that trilogy. Thor yeah, one was- character in general. Yeah, Thor one was okay. It was an, a good introductory story. Thor two, we don't talk about. Because it was so bad. And now Thor got another movie. They're getting Thor Love and Thunder, and it's bringing Natalie Portman back as well. And it's going to also have the Guardians. The Guardians of the Galaxy. Also Yeah, straight up, straight up comedies. I think, um, and this isn't the first time that the Marvel movies have been kind of scrutinized for what they are. Um, it, was it last year or the year before? When, I think it was Avengers. Was it Avengers that was nominated for an Oscar? Yeah, and people said it wasn't worth it. And um, Martin Scorsese said that you know, like that they're not actual s- cinema, and they're more like theme parks. Which you know what? From yes, trying to create compelling and interesting stories. You know the the Marvel movies are kind of when you think about it, they're kind of cookie cutter. Um, all the content's already there. They just have to pull from the source, you know, the, the the comic books, right? So yes, I can see how it can take away from either you know original stories, even if a movie or something is has been made from a, a novel or short story, right? Um, you know, it. I I can see how some directors can be kind of put off by the Marvel movies because one Disney, you know, the Disney machine has billions of dollars, right? So they can put tons of money into these, these movies and we know that they're going to do well, right? Even if they suck, they're still going to do fairly well in, in theaters. Right. Um, But then things like things, smaller movies are always dwarfed. Like I always feel bad for movies that That go, go up against them. Yeah. Even if the movies suck, Right. Like even if the movies aren't that good and they're still releasing the same time or the same month that Star Wars 
or any of the Marvel movies. You know, good luck trying to, you know, make your money back. I don't know. I, I, I think that Seth Rogen has a point, though, um, because I think if the Marvel movies didn't have the comedy, they would be. Some of them would be dry. Yeah. Like a lot of like the old superhero movies didn't have a lot of comedy and they weren't that good. Right. Yeah. Well, trying like, to think of which one I've got. I've got two opinions on this. Um, piece opinion number one seth rogan as much as i love him and the fact that he's canadian and he's an incredible like writer and producer for what he produces he created a super movie uh superhero movie that flopped which one that's on him he was in the green hornet he was the green hornet oh yeah that's right so but was i mean that his like was he making that i believe so i will double check my second argument is something a little bit different and it can't, it doesn't necessarily resonate with our age group. It slightly does, but it's the age group just above us as well. So, so when, we were, when we were growing up, superheroes to us were cartoons and comic books, right? What was the very first real superhero movie that you remember like thoroughly enjoying? Superman 2. Superman 2, right. I, I don't know. Spider-Man. Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Do you know there was like other superhero movie attempts earlier on, including The Incredible Hulk and Captain America? Oh, yeah. Trash. Yeah, just garbage. Comic books and cartoons helped f- like flourish our imaginations when it came to superheroes. Technology that was created by Lucasfilm helped propel it to the next level. We have Star Wars to thank for superhero movies and what they are now. And if you want to go even further, what's her name? Kathleen Turner? Kathleen. For who? Who's the Star Wars bitch that everybody hates? Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy has even like said recently, because I was listening to another podcast that raves about Star Wars and loves Star Wars. She thinks technology is now too far ahead of Star Wars. Star Wars is kind of like, fallen into a crevice where superhero movies are finally taking an advantage of CGI and they're, they're the niche genre that's got the ability to fully take advantage of this comedy horror doesn't matter. When you look at superhero movies and what they are now, look at Endgame. Mm-hmm. You would have never, CG. sorry, 90% CG. You would have not seen a movie like that 20 years ago. Oh no, Absolutely. And like that was 10 years in the making. Like they had been working on Endgame. Like they physically produced Endgame for four years. Yeah. Okay, but I'm confused though. Is she, are you saying that she said that technology has advanced to the point where it doesn't work for Star Wars? It's 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 mulling Star Wars. So Star Wars is kind of in a gray area. I don't I don't, I don't I know the full, I don't know the full context of the quote. Um so I did just kind of to try and elaborate on that. Like, I think Marvel movies, you know, you need that good, that high quality CG to make it more believable. Otherwise we get, you know, the Hulk from like the night. Or Spawn. You remember that movie? That trash ass movie? Yeah. Which was still, it's still fun to watch. Just 
to see how bad it is. But you get those movies. But I think Star Wars, what happened with Star Wars was the original trilogy was all at the time. It was all um, practical effects or, you know, the, the special effects at the time was still like, you know, you know, actual models and they were blowing them up. Right. Just scale models. And then uh, technology advanced as they were making those films and they were able to make it look more. I don't know, futuristic. And then when the prequel trilogy came out, there was this huge, huge increase in the the technology behind the films and the special effects and everything. And George Lucas kind of went, you know, CGI crazy. And majority of those movies had CG backgrounds and um, characters and stuff like that. Right. So it kind of took it away. If you watch, if you watch them now, especially if you watch them in like 4k or even on some of the blu-rays, right? Like the quality of the CG has clearly aged, right? Like it, it doesn't look like it fits in, but then with the newer movies, there was this big kind of cry back to go back to the, the practical effects, right? Because that's what made it more believable in there. Star Wars doesn't need, you know, super detailed and realistic CG, except for some like maybe creatures and the space stuff. And, and, the, and the thing that you'll notice with a lot of computer graphics is that um, non-organic objects like cars, buildings, um, terrain, stuff like that, they can make that and make it look super realistic. Um, but people and other sort of like animals and stuff like that, that is much more difficult to make look realistic. Whereas if you look at the Marvel movies, right, a lot of it is just, buildings being blown up aliens ships um energy you know special effects like explosions pulse cannon stuff like that so it's not a lot of actual organic interactions with other people and creatures that they have to really worry about making look realistic now the the hulk when he turns into the hulk i think that looks great but you could you still know that he is cg Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like when you realize ninety percent of Robert Downey Jr. is CG and he's the highest paid actor, it's crazy. Yeah, but if you look at The Mandalorian, right, majority of that movie was, or that sorry, not, not the movie, the series was done with practical effects, and that's one thing that John Favreau, Favreau, whatever Favreau. Favreau, really tried to push, and George Lucas was on that he was on set a lot of the times and a consultant as uh, for a lot of the directors, but they wanted that practical effects because that's what made star Wars great. So I think with in terms of, or in regards to special effects and in movies, yes, I would agree that special effects has kind of outpaced star Wars, uh, but only because star Wars doesn't need as good of special effects as say a Marvel movie does because they are two very different types of movies. And star Wars is one of those things like we know superhero movies are total fantasy, right? And yes, star Wars is also total fantasy as well, but there's something inherently different about the star Wars movies that make it seem like, you know, this could be some sort of realistic thing because i think big part of that is it says a long time ago in a galaxy far far away so we don't know maybe it did happen in a galaxy far far away and we just 
haven't figured out how to control metachlorians yet, right? So uh, just looking Marvel, into the- But sorry, but with the Marvel movies, you know, that is based in a reality, you know, it takes place on Earth for the most part, right? So it's definitely one of those things that's like, oh, this isn't here. So it's hard to believe that this would be real. Whereas Star Wars is like, oh, that doesn't take place here. Yes, those people are humanoids or humans, but it's clearly told that we are told right from the beginning that this is taking place somewhere completely different. So it's something that's a little more fantasy that you could believe could potentially be real. I don't know. So I think her quotes were directly linked to the sequel trilogy. Not the prequel uh, trilogy, the right. sequel. Right. So I think I think with that, it's just like, I think she's a little butthurt because Disney has poured all this money into one of its two entities and it's a competitive entity mm-hmm. in the long run. But the other thing that we shouldn't shy away from is the fact that, again, I think technology has limited this type of movie for so long. And now technology and this type of film is right where it needs to be like i like people compare superheroes to like vampire movies remember how there was a vampire movie every like third week right the superhero era i don't think will end because superheroes are always going to resonate with children adults it's like there's 60 year olds who believe spider or uh, superman can kick batman's ass still and vice versa that's the way it's always going to be. Yeah. It's just now these 60 year olds and 50 year olds and 40 year olds can finally see their favorite superheroes. Like, do you remember the original Superman and how bad it is? Just well, how? Yeah. But the thing is, is at the time though, it was a technical Marvel. Yes, right? it was. Just kind of like the prequel trilogies for star Wars at the time. I, I remember watching those in theaters thinking like, this is friggin' amazing because you're not you're so used to the other movies at the time and that was the standard for special effects um watch iron man right it looks dated granted that was first one does yes yeah that was 10 years ago it looks dated some of the other like earlier uh, marvel movies they do look dated as well and i guarantee in another 10 years we're gonna go back and watch you know, Avengers, um, and it's going to look dated. Yeah. And of course it will. They're going to advance technology so much more that they can make it so that a person looks actual real. So that was the big thing with rogue one, for example, right? They, uh, recreated, and I forget, I forget his name. Now the actor who played, uh, grand Moff Tarkin, they, recreated him completely in cg and it worked but you know that he was cg same with uh carrie fisher young carrie fisher at the very end right you know that that's who that is but there's just something about it that they can't get that to look super realistic like naturally realistic i mean they're making another fast and the furious and they're going to use cg to bring paul walker back again Right. And that's going to be weird if they if they do it wrong. Right. But we don't know. Like there could be advancements in technology that we don't know about or they could be trying a new thing um, that we haven't seen before. I just think it's like 
for somebody like Seth Rogen, who's dabbled in the industry and Marvel has approached him about some, some roles. I think it's a really stupid comment. Like, yes, I understand, but like, he's going to continually create movies that people are going to go see. Like if there was a pineapple express two, people will go see it. The boys, people went and saw super bad, that kind of stuff. I mean, super bad came out before all these, but is that because he is a known and uh, popular actor and director? It it might have to right? be. I think, that's, it, like, I think if he was uh, a, someone uh, no name, one, there probably wouldn't really be an article about it, right? Um, but because I think of his history in films, in directing, um, and just in the in the movie industry in general, that's why this is something that, one, I think he thinks that he can say, which, you know, he totally can. And he does have a point. I, I agree with him. Um, but at the same time, like, is it going to hurt his his uh, chances of being in a Marvel movie? Maybe. But at the same time, you know, if these Disney execs already have him in mind for a character, if they've been talking to him, you know, he's a very unique uh, actor. Right. So. I, I don't even know. I don't even know what kind of what Marvel character he would play as. Maybe Spawn. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm just looking Maybe at some that... of his acting credits right now. You'll have to apologize for the car that drove by. Um, like right now, he's got a few projects in play. He's been on a bunch of TV series, The Boys, The Lion King. Like he's he's essentially cutting himself off from the Disney train. Disney probably signed him to a bunch of movies and they were like, hey, could you be, you'll do the voice in The Lion King and we'll sign you to three movies. We want to put you in a Marvel movie. And he goes, man, Marvel movies are ruining my short comedies. And you never know. Like, I was just looking at The Green Hornet. It made $228 million on a $120 budget. He did okay for a comedy superhero movie that he wrote. So, I like, I don't fully take it, like, the Scor- the Scorsese and um, Jennifer Aniston comments back at the Oscars mm-hmm. a few years ago. Sure. I get that 100%. But like Deadpool? Fuck yeah, it's a comedy. It was a comedy before. Like it's a fourth wall breaking character that is known for being hilarious in his comic books. Yeah, he it was always, it was always marketed. Yeah, and it was always marketed as a, a comedy, right? Like, yeah. You got that from the trailers, from all the previews and all that stuff. Yeah, it's definitely a comedy. Yeah, so like, I I just, I think his complaints have very little merit. If you were complaining about Disney Plus charging $33 or $35 Canadian for, I don't know, the release of Mulan digitally, I'd accept that as a little bit more of a complaint. That's true. Yeah, you didn't didn't see that transition coming. That is a fucking ripoff. Tell me how you really feel. So remember our last episode, how you were saying like, oh yeah, 24 bucks, $29 is. I thought 24 was reasonable. $29 is a reasonable price. Yeah. So in Disney, I I sent Sean a picture from an email that I got from Disney plus. Uh, Do you remember what it said? It said, bend over. We're taking your money. (laughs) Yeah. We're going in dry. Um, here we go. The wait is almost over. On September 4th, stream Mulan exclusive, exclusively on Disney+. Plus. 
with premier access for $34.99. Disney Plus subscription required. So this is exactly what I was saying before. You know, you you buy the movie for an additional $35 now. We were talking uh, $29 before. So you buy the movie, but you still need a Disney Plus subscription. What's the cost of a Disney Plus subscription for the year in Canada? $89.99. $90. So the, just to watch Mulan on there, it is effectively one-third of the yearly subscription to Disney Plus in Canada. Yep. Disney, fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm not going to be in a Marvel movie. I can say it. Seriously, though. Like, like, how long until it's free? That's the other thing. Well, it's funny because how long until it's dropped to free? The uh, or I'm I'm curious as if they're going to have sales on it, right? Um, I say there was a took a picture of it. I don't know what happened to my phone. Okay, well, you know what? I say in three months or just before, yeah, December, that movie will be free to stream for everybody. So it's going to be uh, a timed release. The Mulan page was up on, on the uh, Disney plus website or app. I don't know if it was a bug or whatnot, but I loaded it up on my phone and it said this movie will uh, due to um, licensing agreements and stuff like that. This movie will be released on December 31st, 3000, the year 3000 is when it's going to go free to people on Disney plus. I have a hard time supporting this decision by Disney. Yes, I, I originally was on board with the whole like, okay, if you're going to do a, a digital release, do it like every other company. But I also thought it would be 20 to $25. Mm-hmm. Here's where I have the biggest issue. If they claim you, quote unquote, own the movie, if you no longer have the subscription, you no longer own the movie. The same would be the way, like, well, it's a DRM, but the same works with, like, iTunes. If you buy an album on iTunes and get rid of your iPhone, you no longer own that mu- that music. It's it's sad for you that you don't own it anymore, but Wait, you don't, you don't have anything still, to play it on. But you can still, no, you can download I, iTunes, iTunes music on Android and on iTunes on your computer. Yeah, but you let's say still you don't access it. want it anymore. Well, that's your decision, though, yeah. right? Like, but you're you're not losing access to those uh, that that's music or movies that you've purchased. You know, I don't have a Mac, I don't have an iPhone, but I still have stuff that I've read, like digital movies and stuff like that, or or music that I've bought on iTunes. I can install iTunes on my computer or Apple Music on my phone and listen to it whenever I want. I don't need to subscribe to i Apple Music, and I don't need to buy an iPhone. Right. Or have a Mac to do it. I still have access to it. But what Disney is doing with this is they are literally making you pay extra for something that if you aren't current, like if you're not subscribing in the future to their service, you no longer can watch it. Yeah, they're being pricks about it. Now, like, understandably, if the price was like five dollars or even ten, fifteen. Right. I still think $30, like $29.99 is too much. I would say $10 or $15 to unlock access, like premier access, maybe get it a year early, right? Before it goes free on streaming. Um, if it was less than 20 bucks, then sure. Maybe that is a little more accessible. But the fact that it is one third of the price of a yearly subscription in Canada and you don't even have access to it afterwards 
And a part of that could just be that their system, their infrastructure for the app, for their streaming service, isn't set up, right? Because essentially you need to log in. So if they make it so that you can log in without an active subscription, you know, then maybe they could do that. Like um, Amazon Prime does it. Prime, yeah. Prime Video. You don't need to be subscribed to Amazon Prime to be able to uh, download and log in to the Prime Video website or app on your phone uh, or streaming device. You can still log in and view everything that's there, but you need to subscribe to um, Amazon Prime to be able to get it. Now, granted, this might have changed in the last little while, but I remember being, you know, uh, when I set up my my uh, TV, like the the Amazon Prime app, there was the option to browse without signing in, right? So you can still see what's there. So Disney could very well do that where, you know, you can sign into your account without an active subscription, but still access any of the content that you have, that you've purchased separately from um, the streaming service. Yeah. I'm just, I'm very concerned with the direction it's taking. Like they're banking a lot on renewals. And I understand that they've already hit their four-year goal within the first nine months or something, right? Yeah, because it launched in November, I believe. So, So, sure. Congratulations. You have hit your four-year goal. What happens in November when people don't renew? Because they're like, you know what? We're done. We're just, we're over it. Yeah. I, and quite honestly, I hope that um, this experiment that Disney is doing with charging people for at least this, this dollar amount, uh, I hope it fails. Oh, I hope I it blows hope, up in their face. I hope Disney realizes that people aren't willing to pay that much um, because then what's next? You know, is the Mandalorian season two going to be behind a paywall? Because oh, don't even, don't the, even. The the last I would say five, ten years, with the emergence of all these streaming services and the accessibility of Netflix, and whether or not people are paying for Netflix or mooching off of their friends or family, right? Um, piracy rates have dropped significantly. You know, there's still people that download them. It's people, things are still being uploaded online to, you know, different websites, torrents, Usenet, stuff like that. But um, I would say majority of the people that I know um, have stopped downloading movies because they don't need to anymore because it's on these streaming services. But is Disney going to be pushing people to start pirating movies again? Maybe like they're going to be releasing these big blockbuster films and potentially TV shows. Cause I've heard rumors that they're, they're thinking of putting Mandalorian season two behind a paywall. Um, if they start doing it, are they going to be uh, getting people to pirate? I guarantee you I'm not paying for Mandalorian season two. People were already paying or um, downloading Mandalorian though. So that's not, like it's not going to stop people, right? Like I know that there's people that actively refused to subscribe to Disney Plus because they don't want to give Disney more money, even though I'd say four out of five movies that are released in theaters are from a studio that Disney owns. Um, 
but there's people that yeah didn't want to subscribe to it and they're just like i'll just download it just because and i get it if that's the only thing that you're remotely interested in watching you know it's not worth subscribing for the year maybe for the month but the thing is is with with mandalorian i know some people actually who waited until the whole series was released right because they were releasing it every week so they just waited for the whole series to be released and then signed up for the uh, trial for the week and then just you know crushed the episodes in that week which is totally doable but so this was february 4th i'm trying to find something a little bit newer but the direct-to-consumer business that includes Disney Plus posted a revenue of $4 billion, up from $918 million a year ago, while the operating loss widened to $693 million from its one thirty-six. So that tells me between November and February, Disney spent six hundred ninety-three on all their assets, trying to get it into Disney Plus, and they posted $4 billion in revenue. So they spent $693 million to make $4 billion on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. $3.3 billion. And you know what they're they're hoping? They're gonna they're hoping that they're gonna make another billion dollars by adding movies and potentially shows behind paywalls. See, I don't think it's gonna get that far, truthfully, because the Netflix model has worked impeccably. Like Netflix has got this down to a science. You're getting Netflix shows like the Umbrella Academy, um, Stranger Things, that that kind of stuff. Like people are craving that kind of content, right? You get your new episode of Stranger Things, or you get like it released all in one Big Bang, and you you get that 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 comes with the subscription to Netflix. That's just the agreement. You give them your seventeen dollars or fourteen dollars or whatever you pay for your your Netflix monthly. And you get content. You're getting a Rock and Ryan Reynolds movie. You got a Chris Hemsworth movie last month. You got a Ryan Reynolds movie a few months ago, like Six Underground. You're getting marquee actors. You're what getting was, like, uh, just released um, not the other day, uh, the other day ago, um, Power or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's with um, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, black actor. Is it Michael Caine? Not Michael Caine. Um, he played Django uh, in Django Unchained. Are you talking about Project Power? Yeah, Project Power. With Jamie Foxx? Jamie Foxx. Yeah, that was a big one that just came out. Jamie Foxx is a big actor. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he hasn't done a whole lot recently, but he's a great actor. I, I thoroughly enjoy the movies that he's in. Um, I watched that movie yesterday. It was, was it good? It was actually pretty good. Um, kind of, kind of, uh, the ending, cause it was like, the, the ending was kind of like, um, uh, meh, but overall I really enjoyed it. Um, six underground, actually great movie. I thought it was really good. Have you seen it? Six underground. Yeah. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah. So really it's think- funny halfway through six underground. I'm like, wait a second. Is this a Michael Bay movie? And I looked it up. It was cause you know how I could tell every, there was explosions like every, every five seconds. So the one thing that I, I liked or like I thought Six Underground needed was more story. Like it just gave you so much background and that it was just yeah. like, up oh, movies over. Yeah. There was a movie that came out on Netflix in 2018 called How It Ends. And it's so frustrating. <laughs> um, it stars um, Forrest Whitaker. And it's a movie about like the world ending, but you don't actually get to see 
the world end, which is just annoying as shit. Hmm. Yeah, that's that is annoying. But yeah, like, so kind of like what you were saying though. Um, Netflix does have, I guess, it has people trained, right? Um, or maybe not necessarily trained, but they've set a certain level of expectation for new media content. I think what they have is trust and the agreement is unwritten that you pay me money. I will continually make new content for you and bring you some of your old favorite content. And I think, I think Netflix has a good relationship with directors and production companies and producers to create movies and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of movies that are funded and they release on Netflix and then eventually, you know, they, they get released on DVD or Blu-ray. Um, but I think what Disney is doing is they are doing what Disney does and tries to mix things up and toss the proverbial salad. Right. Is that their thing? They want to fuck us in the butt. (laughs) I'm so mad at Disney for doing this because it's, they're setting a, this idea that this is going to be okay. Because if this does well, or even if they say, you know what, this met our expectations, then it's going to turn other companies into doing the same thing. Amazon has already done it a a little bit with uh, Prime Video, having specific channels that you can stream, that you can pay to unlock. But the difference between that and what Disney's doing is that the, the channels on Amazon Prime are live, like news channels and stuff like that. Um, I know in the United States, um, you can purchase movies and stuff like that digitally, but you still can watch them. Um, if you don't have prime video, you can just log in or you can just download the file to uh, your device or whatever. Um, but what Disney's doing is that they're setting this idea that if this works for them, it's going to be okay. They're going to keep doing it because we know Disney just wants money. And, but it could also be a bad thing for them, right? Like yeah. it could push more people to other services like uh, Netflix and prime video and crave and Hulu, HBO plus all that stuff. I think if Disney learns anything from their, their competition and their peers, they might go in a direction like Amazon where Amazon offers you cable options on top of the digital content that you're paying for with your prime. Yeah. That's what I was talking like about. Stack TV. Yeah. Apple TV plus just kind of does their own shit. And the odd time they throw you a free movie that they're like, Hey, Christmas vacations available. Would you like to watch it? But Hulu doesn't follow this model and neither does Netflix. And Netflix has the trust of the community and don't think for a second mm-hmm. that people won't drop Disney plus in a second because Netflix has more content that they want. Mm-hmm. Like even myself and Krista, like we watch Netflix every day. Even if we watch Disney plus in a day, the watching hours are probably eight to one. Like easily we watch Disney plus for a purpose. I don't leave the only reason I leave Disney Plus stuff on in the background sometimes is like the old cartoons or the Simpsons because it doesn't have a program that says, Are you still there? It just plays. Yeah. Which is great for me. But at the same time, Netflix 
until they lose the license in Canada, we'll have friends. They have the office until Peacock takes it over. They have the new girl. They have modern family. They have sitcoms that people Mm -hmm. love. And see, the thing is, and, and kind of like you, um, at home, we've been watching more Netflix stuff or more things on Amazon Prime. And I've noticed that Amazon and Netflix both have really kind of upped their game in the last few months with new content. Um, I've noticed that a lot of movies that are newly out on home video, DVD, Blu-ray, are available to watch on Amazon Prime. Absolutely. Um, I just started Bad Boys for Life the other night. I fell asleep, but I started it. I haven't even seen Bad Boys 2 yet, so... Okay, that is one of Michael Bay's best movies. Yeah, I, I found the... Did I tell you this? I got the three-pack um, on 4K. It was like 20 bucks. Why did you not tell me this? Because I would have been like, get me one. No, oh, I didn't know. I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, if you see it again, please, please let me know. Um, you know what other company is kind of screwing with paywalls right now? Mm, who? Epic Games. Oh, yeah. Well, they, are they... they are they screwing with paywalls or are they trying to circumvent? That's that's the word I was going to use. Epic Games decided they wanted to pull a fast one on old Apple and old Google trying to sell their stuff through the Fortnite store instead of, or I guess the Epic Games store for Fortnite by bypassing both Apple and Google's um, credit bypass for mobile apps. So Apple and Google have kicked them off their app stores and Apple is actually removing all their developer kits. So Fortnite on mobile, sorry, parents, your, your kids lost one of their distractions. It's over. Well, it's yes pretty no. irreparable. <laughs> I, I would say uh, for iPhone, Yes, for Apple devices, because pretty much every app needs to be installed through the App Store, right? But with with uh, Android, you can download an APK file, which is essentially the Android app installer file, and install that circumventing or completely bypassing the Play Store. A lot of, a lot of apps that don't adhere to Google Play's um, app rules um will allow you to download a separate apk file to install a lot of times it's like vpns or or apps that allow you to either root your phone or or access parts of the phone that otherwise are locked to the average user but um that's also not necessarily something that is um easy for the average person, like, I guess, okay, that's wrong. For the average person, yes. But for a parent who is not necessarily tech savvy enough to, you know, go on this phone or this tablet, go to the Epic Game website, download an APK file, change the Android settings to allow, you know, apps, unsigned apps to install, blah, 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 go through all that stuff. That's a lot of work for, for parents who aren't necessarily up to speed on the whole technology. Not to say that every parent is not like that, but you know, there, there's a good number of them out there. I'd um, be interested to see if Epic games is smart enough to create an APK that can circle like bypass any sort of Google buying 
Yes. So that's what I was just about to say. The easiest way for them to do it would be to have a essentially an app store of their own where they wouldn't necessarily be able to bypass um, the Apple app store easily. But with Android, they could easily have it like you go to the website, download this, you know, small file, install it, has the instructions there and then through there, have it download the, the game. Uh, it, it's totally possible. There are other, you know, third-party app stores. There's one called Aftroid, which is um, you can get a lot of, you know, apps that people make that they don't want to put on the Android or sorry, the Google app store um, or things that just, you know, don't fit into the um, Google infrastructure or, or rule set. Um, and there's a lot of official apps on there that just sometimes it's like an older version that you want, right? Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because this isn't the first time that Epic Games has kind of thrown a wrench into the mix, right? They did this that. Time they got kind of caught, though. They got yeah. caught with their pants down because I don't think they were prepared for. They were like, oh, Google, I, I think specifically Apple, because they thought they were distracted with the whole making an agreement with Microsoft thing that they were just like, yeah, you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe we'll get away with this one. Well, see, the thing is, is like when they released their, their launcher on PC, there's no rules about which apps you can install on a windows machine, right? Like to have things through the windows app store. Sure. Like to an extent, but, um, yeah, you can download any program and install it good or bad on your computer. It's totally the user's choice. But when it comes to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, you know, those are regulated and monitored and they have set rules in place. So when they released their launcher on there and made some exclusive deals with publishers and, you know, it was like all of a sudden all these games are leaving Steam or they're going to be exclusive on Epic Games. Yes, they they messed up. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say messed up, but they kind of mixed up the whole Steam monopoly on um, digital distribution on games, right? Because a lot of people, I think Steam works just fine. I really enjoy it. I've used it for years. I've seen it grow from a ugly, just you know, decrepit old child that nobody wanted to play with to this beautiful, young, strong launcher that, you know, if you get your game on Steam, you know, you, you have millions of people have access to it, right? But now Epic Games is all like, oh, yep. We have our own launcher. We're going to release all of our games on this one um, exclusively where you have all of these other games coming out on there. We're pulling licenses from um, Steam for, for some of these games. So a lot of people were really pissed off at Epic for what they were doing for that. But how many people complain about Epic Games now? Have you bought anything off the Epic Game Store? Only the free shit. Right? Yeah. And how many free shits have they given you? Um, after see, I thought they were like trying to lure people in through the pandemic, but now it's a bunch of like crappy games every Thursday. Well, remnant from the ashes is free right now. The last free game that I got that I wanted was, uh, the escape is two. 
they they've had a, like a, a ton of like there were some good... really good games. So let's see, like free games that I've got. Um, Kingdom Come Deliverance. They gave oh. away Grand Theft Auto Five, man. Yeah, Torch, not just Grand Theft Auto Five, but the Premium Edition. Um, Kingdom Come Deliverance, Torchlight Two, Troy, to- like the Total War Saga, the new Troy one, was yeah. free for twenty four hours. Observer, that's a big one. Ark, Survival Evolved, um, bunch of Assassin's Creed, the Borderlands games. You know, like this is just a few of them. There's a ton like Just Cause Force, Killing Floor 2. Like, yes, sure, you can get all of those things on Steam, but they were free on on the Epic Game Store. And I can honestly tell you, I bought a game on the Epic Game Store. Like, I actually paid for it. Um, I paid for, oh, I guess they don't have it installed, Anno 1800. Oh, yeah, I remember you bought that. Yeah, and it's a, and now the thing is, is, that one is an Ubisoft game. So the stupid thing is, is that I bought it through the Epic Game Store. I had to download it through the Epic Game Store, launch it. Then it launched the Ubisoft launcher, which you need to use for that game and a lot of Ubisoft games. So it launched the Ubisoft launcher to add the license of the game to my Ubisoft account. And now I don't need to actually install it through the Epic Game Store. I can't even launch it launch it through the epic game store i have to have the ubisoft launcher installed which is stupid but hey you know what the sale that they had at the time was great and i've noticed that epic games has had now a few times now where they have coupons right where it's like oh save 10 or 10 or 15 dollars on a purchase of you know 20 dollars or more and they've done that a few times so i think people are are more okay with Epic games on PC because now their, their server when um, GTA five was released for free. It was so stupid. That was a shit show, but you know, growing, growing pains, they've only been around for what less, less than a year. But I think with, I mean, with Google and Apple, this is a completely different ball game. They are essentially walking into their, kingdoms and saying no this is how i'm doing it yeah like instead of paying your taxes to the king you know give it to me instead the the thing with apple is they were already in a little bit of hot water because they made an agreement with microsoft microsoft made some changes to their cloud service and now they have to re-go over that agreement and it's kind of it's upset some of the gaming community but i think by the time the the cloud-based gaming launches Apple and Microsoft will be best friends again. It's just, it's bound to happen because I think they need each other to make that work. Plus it's, it's money for both companies. The statement out of Apple, and this is the last, I'm going to talk about this subject because we have a few more things before we wrap. Um, There was two things that kind of like caught me off guard. It was today Epic Games took an unfortunate step in violating our app store guidelines. That's how it starts. And then they say later on, I love Epic how they has, use the word violating. Like it's yeah. like, they touched me. <laughs> app, Epic has had apps on the app store for over a decade and have benefited from the app store ecosystem, including in tools, testing and distribution that Apple provides to all its developers. Okay. Epic agreed to the app store terms and guidelines and freely just changed them to their will. The fact that their business interests now lead them to push for a special arrangement does not change the fact that these guidelines create a level playing field for all developers and make the store safe for all of our users. Boom, right there. Mm-hmm. That, that, that to me, was the biggest thing. 
because this tell, told me when I read that statement that Apple and Google were aligned and Google removed Fortnite from Stadia. They didn't just remove it from their, their phones. They didn't just stop the agreement they have with Samsung because you know how Samsung and For, or Fortnite had like a five-year agreement. Yeah, It's going to be pretty hard to download that fucking game if there's no way to do it. Mm-hmm. They pulled it off Stadia. Stadia is a home console. Well, it's not a home console, but it's like well, their it's a, it's home, a streaming, their home streaming service. Yeah, for games. And Especially with Stadia, you know, it's their way of getting people that console um, experience at home without having to buy a console. But that's huge regardless, right? Because there's a lot of the kids that play Fortnite and especially for parents that are like, oh, well, I already have a Chromecast. I just need to use a, I just need to get a controller and my kid can play it. Yeah, now that it's gone. Well, Fort, Fortnite has been a top 10 game. I, I, You know what? I'll go as far as a top five game in the world for the past two years. It is one of the highest streamed games. I mean, Warzone is now the biggest game, I think, streamed right now. Yeah. What is Google? Like, Google and Apple weren't making a ton of money off this anyways because the app was free and they were charging a premium to epic so let's say a content pack was five bucks apple was getting a dollar off that or two dollars off that and epic was getting the rest because they were using their platform it's no different than me buying a stuff pack on my xbox microsoft's getting a little piece of that pie for me like a 24 dollar season pass to infinity ward you know some of that money is going to microsoft oh 100 so like Epic Games just did a real stupid thing, and I think it's going to cost them the player base they depend on most. It's not the PC gamers. It's not the players that are playing on their Xboxes or their Playstations or even their Switches. It's the parents that have it on on their iPads to keep their like seven-year-old busy, and they buy them a cosmetic pack because they want their character to look like Batman. Can't do that anymore. Well, it's funny because um, at the store that I work at, uh, we get a lot of parents coming in, buying those PlayStation cards or Xbox cards. And you guys have the $20 uh, discs, right? Or not the discs, but it's just like the $20 case, which is like a season's pass and it's something like else, a, right? It's like a game code and like skins and something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't really sold many of those like ever in the history of working any store that I've worked at. Um, that sells video game stuff. But, you know, we get a lot of people that come in and buy the the game cards for the Xbox or PlayStation Store so that their kids can buy things in Fortnite. And, you know, there's a lot of kids that... And now that you can play Fortnite, your, your character is like cross-platform, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, kids that play it on the go on their phone... And on their Switch, and excuse me, and on their uh, Xbox or PS4, you know, there's a whole ecosystem that is now no longer accessible to them. Now, it, with that being said, wild. though, is it still um, if someone has the game already installed, can they still play it? I don't know. Apple's cutting everything on the 24th. Or 28. Uh, they might kill it uh, remotely, saying like this app can no longer work or something like that. Yeah, remember when Fortnite was nuked two months ago? This is actually going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. I, I just, reading everything I've read in the last two days, I don't know how Epic like crawls back to Apple with their tail in between their legs. They made their move. 
And now they're going to have to live with the consequence that Apple might not stock their product. Mm-hmm. Google might be a little bit softer because Google's going to be like, okay, well, I mean, Fortnite does play well on our Stadia. But that's the only place that's like the real Google advantage. But the whole idea that Epic was trying to do was they were trying to get away from paying that premium or like losing that dollar or $2 mm-hmm. per transaction. So maybe they don't want to go back to Apple. I mean, I think if if I were them, I would depend on those parents that are trying to keep their kids from being annoying and spending $5 on a stuff pack every now and then on my iPad. That's true. But that's neither here nor there at this point. I think they've made a mistake and I think they're going to sorely pay for it. Microsoft's being smart and they're waiting this whole cloud thing out, but that's just a that's just a change in agreement. They changed the way their service is and now Apple has to reapprove it. Mm-hmm. You know but, who also has done something stupid though? What did Sony do? No, it was Microsoft. Oh, well, yeah, they've been doing some dumb things. Microsoft. Yeah, well, Microsoft is pulling in a Nintendo in the Wii U. Oh, no. Remember how the Wii U failed? Yes. There's some speculation going around in the interwebs that Microsoft is is repeating or what did they say history repeat history repeats itself and Microsoft is doing the same thing now with the with the Xbox Series X. Um you want to you want to hear what some of these arguments are? Yes, absolutely they're, I they're, do. They're dumb. My okay? face is already in my palm. <laughs> so, big According to some some opinions online, Microsoft and their Xbox Series X is doomed to fail for a few different reasons. According to some articles online, there is no compelling games that will come out at launch on the Xbox. Uh, They have Game Pass. I know, right? There's literally the entire the app like the entire Xbox One game library. You know, from so past stupid. past, present, and future that is gonna be available on the Xbox Series X. Now, okay, I know this sounds super fanboyish, right? From our from our point of view or from my perspective, from what I'm saying. But still, it's like there's sometimes you you read something online. And um, we you read something online and you're just like, am I I feel like I'm just a little more stupid after reading that because I just. Yeah, go ahead. I just I feel like the 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 line you just said to me saying that the Xbox series you you called it. And how it's going to, Microsoft is going to make that same mistake. Does that not come off to you as an article that could be possibly written by like Nintendo fanboys? <laughs> well, like, here, does, like, does that not it, sound like a Nintendo okay. fanboy though, like really rip on the Wii U? The Wii U, yes, it did fail in in comparison to, you know, other systems, but it did have... It's one of the worst consoles of all time. You can't even defend it. No, but it did have um, a lot of things. It's like this. It's like the prequel trilogy of Star Wars for the gaming system for gaming consoles, right? It really 
it, <laughs> it pushed it pushed technology and it was uh, you know, before its time, it was, yes, maybe a little underpowered, but the other technologies that they implemented we're seeing now with, you know, the the Switch controllers and the Joy-Cons and all that stuff. But the fact that um, some people might say that there is no big lineup for the Xbox, they sh- you can say the same thing for the Nintendo Switch when that came out. Or the and, PlayStation because you can't pre-order the, it either. And the PS5, right? Um, the fact that Halo was delayed, yes, that is big news. That was a probably a huge, huge decision, um, from both four three four studios or sorry three four three industries and Microsoft, right? Because Halo has always been a console seller. But with, you didn't need with, Halo to launch this console. Yes, and with with Game Pass, you know, Halo necessarily wasn't going to be people weren't necessarily going to be buying the console to get. Halo, because I guarantee the system's going to come with like a 14 day trial to Game Pass Ultimate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. Um, this was another one that uh, another comment that uh, they this article made saying that they have confusing SKU SKUs. Now, the problem is, is that there has been no official SKU released for the system. So how can you say that there's a confusing skew when there is no skew? There's speculation. That's because in Europe, they've already seen the Xbox Series X. They didn't see a Series S. They saw a Series X. But that's, again, speculation. Yeah, I I showed you. uh, I sent you some pictures of uh, the it wasn't even a full like it wasn't even a production model like the the glowing light at the back looks fucking sick. The, That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, like, it looks like a battery. That looks so cool. The images that I showed you, that gallery, if you look at the back, there was no actual ports. So it was just yeah. the shell. So, But there's speculation that there's going to be a Series S and a Series X. And from what I can say, from and like I said, it's all rumors. We have no confirmation. Um, but the rumors are that there's going to be a disc version and a discless version. The same can be said about the PlayStation 5. They have officially shown two different versions of the PS5, a disc version and a discless version. So is that saying uh, there's too many SKUs for the PS5 and it's confusing? So with the, the, with the Wii U, right, they had the 8 gigabyte model and the 32 gigabyte model. The big difference was the color and the, the storage size. Um, the price difference was just a little bit different, but overall the eight gig model was priced at a point where it was more accessible to people who necessarily couldn't afford the higher price model. Yeah. The same thank, idea. Thank you for sending me this, this article. Cause I just read something that blew my mind. The, the, um, the, the thing with the Xbox and the PlayStation five, they are doing the same thing that Nintendo did with the Wii U having two different models mind you the wii u the only difference was the color and the the internal storage whereas the xbox and the ps5 are two physically different systems same like they can play the same games and all that stuff the only difference is that one is going to have a blu-ray drive and one isn't how is that confusing quote unquote this is a very similar lead up to the Wii U where Nintendo couldn't catch a break heading into that system's launch. It was expensive. It had no games. It was underpowered. 
Um, last time like, I really? checked, <laughs> the Xbox Series X is going to be literally the most powerful console to ever hit the market. Yeah, it is. Like the only thing that's different is the disc load time because they're using an SSD on the PS4 to launch. Yeah, games. the the literally the PS uh, the Xbox Series X and the PS5. If you go based off of specs alone, compare the specs for specs. The Xbox Series X is still significantly more powerful than the PS5. Now, I'm not saying that one is going to be better than the other, right? Because the uh, PS4 at launch was more powerful than the Xbox One. Now, things have kind of turned with the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro. But still, it's all about how developers use the the system, how they can push the, the hardware. But to say that, you know, the systems are going to be, you know, like that the Xbox is underpowered, in, like in, in comparison to the Wii U, it's underpowered. It is literally the most, like you just powerful. said, the most powerful console ever to be released. You know, um, was it, I don't know if it was de- some developers or or if it was Microsoft or, or something, but I think it was some developers that had said it's actually going to be uh, PCs that are holding back game development from pushing forward because with how, um, if you look at the Xbox, for example, just take the Xbox, for example, it is one hardware set, right? You sell, Microsoft might sell, you know, 5 million Xboxes, but they all have the same hardware. Right. So a developer only has to develop hardware or games to work on that one system. Um, and whereas if they're developing a game for PC, not only do you have to take into account every single different possible video card that's out there, there's going to be different drivers for um, keyboards, mice, monitors. People are going to be playing games at different resolutions with different graphical settings, all of the stuff. Right. So PC is actually going to be eventually holding back uh, game development from really, really kind of moving forward and pushing to the next uh, to, to next. What's going to be possible with games? Yeah. Uh, this article did also come across as um, fanboys of both the Sony, um, the Sony makes and the Nintendo makes. And you find that very clear when it says, um, what did the Wii U launch with third party games and old games? Well, that's what Nintendo's still doing. And they're also claiming that major games were delayed. If you look at the PS4 ca- or the PS5 catalog coming out, games are delayed already to 2022. So with that being said, we're going to leave the uh, the argument for you to go find the article we're obviously not going to credit the people that we found the article from um there's another article on their website that literally tells everybody days ago that xbox has an edge over sony solely because of game pass take that for what you will but it does seem like their writers are confused or they have completely different ideologies and this article has done exactly what it's supposed to do and it's a flame article it is going to generate a ton of traffic because people are going to think it's fucking stupid. I will leave it at that. 
Of course, as always, we want to thank you guys for being with us. Um, I'm going to post a very uh, special uh, gift that David got me because it's funny. Um, I will post it on our Instagram. As always, if you like what we're doing here, subscribe. If you don't like what we're doing, I'm so sorry to hear that. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere else you can find us. Thanks for listening. And David says, get fucked. Peace.